Welcome back to Dandelions, a podcast for women. Julie and I are stoked to be here. We are. It's our ninth episode, Julie. It's nine? Yeah. Lucky number nine. It's oh. awesome, isn't it? Happy anniversary. Thanks. Are you going to take me out uh, for a socially distanced glass of wine or five? Perhaps? I'll drive by your house and just throw <laughs> some food. That's better. You know? Well... Depends on what it is, but I could really go for a falafel, actually. If you, we're we're craving since I got up. But anyway, uh, today we're talking about grandmothers <clears throat> and memories of our grandmothers. And for me, um, even more so than Christmas, even though my grandma was very religious and Roman Catholic, we did celebrate Christmas a lot in, in a big way. But still, for me, summertime really brings out my grandma memories because my sister and I. I spent uh, the large portions of our summer uh, at my grandma's house. We called her Noni, which is something everyone needs to start with when they talk about their grandma, because obviously Noni, Nana, Nana, Mima, Grandma Joan, you know, all everyone has like their special names for their their There's a ton of names out there. Mine was Noni. My grandparents are Italian and a lot of of Italians go with Nana, but we went uh, with like a like a, a version of that uh, called, it was Noni. And so she was Noni and my mom is now Noni to, to my sons. Um, what, what did you, what did you call your, your grandma, Julie? Well, it depends if she was listening or not. Depends which grandma. <laughs> um, no, well, I called both of, I, I, I called both of my grandma's grandma and then like their first name, like grandma Bonnie and grandma Letha. But I know mm-hmm. some people, you know, it's big mama or, you know, Mima. Uh, my mom is of Swedish descent. And so, you know, sometimes people would refer to people as more, more, you know, mother's mother. Um, you know, there's all, that. there's, mm-hmm. there's all, yeah, there's uh, of mm-hmm. course we've got Medea. Um, but in my household, it was, it was grandma. Grandma. So, good old, yeah. good old grandma. Good old Classic. grandma. Classic. Yeah. I want to mention we have two guests with us today. We have Jennifer Morales and Julie Ferris, and they're going to tell stories about their grandma's Mimas, nanas, whoever they had in their life uh, in a little while too. And they're both writers and they're both super articulate and going to tell some great stories. So I'm really looking forward to talking with those women later. But first, I need to tell you a little bit about my experiences with my grandma, my noni, because I've been thinking a lot about her lately. There's something about when it really heats up, especially that I think about my noni. And I used to go there every summer. With my sister, as I said, she lived in a small town in Illinois called Ottawa, Illinois, and it was filled with Italian-American immigrants like my grandparents, who most of whom the men worked at a glass factory called Libby Owens Glass Factory that made automobile glass. But anyway, we spent all of our time uh, with Noni, and the thing that gets me is that I have such wonderful, wonderful memories of my Noni and spending time with her in the summer. But when I think back, nothing we did was particularly age appropriate. (laughs) Like zero. Like, for example, uh, one of the main things that I did starting at about eight years old is that my grandma would give me a little notebook and a little like golf pencil and a Weight Watchers catalog with every food you can imagine and the number of calories it had in it. And my oh. job was to track what she ate all day, like write it, like, you know, make a little 
like draw a line down the notebook page and on one side, write like egg with one egg with Pam, 190 calories, like one slice of pizza for lunch, 450 calories. And then at the end of the day, I'd have to, I'd add them all up and I would tell her if she stayed under her 1200 calorie goal or not. So this was like, but this was like super fun for me. I mean, I was a, was a bookish child. I was like, I liked the control of it or, or that I was in charge of this little notebook. I don't know, but I, 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 I did things like, like that. And all day I was like, grandma, only have 310 calories left for the day. Like it was, it was a game. It was counting grandma's calories was one of the things. And when I think about it, it's like, how smart, like really there was math involved. It was kind of like modern homeschooly where you try to like hide that you're teaching kids things. And here I was like learning about nutrition, kind of math, kind of, you know, (laughs) but uh, it, it was oddly fun. It really was. And that was not the only thing that we did all summer, obviously. She was also fond, and now I realize it was when she wanted to, to get me out of her hair or she needed a little a little noni time, a little alone time. She'd have me count her huge jar of change that she used for her bridge and her pinochle games. And like it was it would take me like two hours to count all the change and then report how much money was in there. Obviously, she didn't need to know how much money was in her jar of coins. But again, like this is stuff that I I enjoyed doing, and it wasn't like oh, where is Molly going to go to horse camp or how are we going to enrich her so she's a more interesting adult? Like my parents didn't think like that. You know, people just didn't, I don't think most parents didn't think like that. It was more like, just go to your grandma's house for two weeks and whatever happens, happens. You know, help your grandma. You know, she'll take you to the Dairy Queen. It'll be great. You know, and- She's got a big change jar. She'll be fine. (laughs) And this was like, again, though, what just fascinates me about it is that my grandma was very warm and, and, you know, so many great qualities. So that really was it. But why I loved going there, but I have such fond memories of this. And we did basically nothing, you know, I mean, literally going to the Dairy Queen, uh, getting a Pizza Hut, pan, personal pan pizza, 750 calories without meat. Uh, you know, these were like, these were like our, our main, our, our big things. And I had so much time in their, in their yard. I'm like, where was everyone? Why do I have memories of playing with my strawberry shortcake dolls in the bird bath? Like gross. Like why were my strawberry shortcake dolls swimming in the bird bath for so long? And why was I flashing around in there and then going and like eating, you know, food? Like I, I, but it doesn't matter. It was like, it was magical times. And I'm tearing up because I, I, I wouldn't trade that for any horse camp or art camp or French camp or any of the things that, you know, I've sent my kids to because I felt like this is what they need. So they're interesting adults and they're enriched and they're challenged and they're all these things over the summer. And, you know, I, I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't really need any of that. And my kids probably didn't either, but they also, you know, didn't have the opportunity to know my Noni who was, who was wonderful. And I, I miss her every day, but, uh, I think there's just something beautiful, though, about grandparents. Maybe not always beautiful, but it's a different relationship. The baggage isn't there, right? Like, they might be able to get you to do things that your parents couldn't. Likewise, they probably weren't as stressed out as some of us are as parents with our children. Grandparents know that you're going to survive. You eat a beetle, you eat a beetle. 
whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's roughage, kids. It's roughage. Right. It'll come back out. Right. Scratchy, but you know, just yeah. saying it'll come back out. Um, but I think there's that whole relationship. Plus they know it's going to end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. two weeks. Okay. I've got five change jars. Molly's good for the next <laughs> seven to 10 days. We're, we're good with that. You know, right. I think it's interesting that you spent summers there because I spent a little bit of summers with my grandmas too. So that's kind of neat, you know? Now, where was your grandma? Um, so I had two grandmas. I had grandma Bonnie. So she's on the Davidson side. That was my father's father. So grandma Bonnie, um, was in Colorado Springs. And so I feel like I spent, yeah, very sweet. Like if you got to go see your grandma, you might as well go right to Colorado because it is, well, it's Colorado folks. Um, but on the way to Colorado, we would stop at my mother's mother, which was grandma Letha, uh, grandma Larson. So grandma Davidson and grandma Larson. Um, and they're very, I don't want to stop your story. I just, I just was jumping in there, but my, no, my you're, you're telling your, your grandma's stories now. My, and I'm just still stuck on your grandma's name was lethal. Letha. Oh, okay. My other grandma. You're going to need to know the story. <laughs> no, 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 no. Grandma Letha. Letha. Okay. So okay. grandma Letha lived in Iowa and we would drive. Um, normally we would drive in the older years. My, my dad had a pilot's license and for a few years we actually would fly. Um, which was always kind of exciting. But Grandma Letha was just this warm, um, you know, just very nurturing and generous woman. Didn't have a lot of money. My mom grew up really poor. So Grandma married, um, my grandfather was from Sweden. He thought he was going to come over to the United States and become a cowboy. And he ended up being a farmer and an alcoholic. But he was super sweet. Super, super sweet. Close. Really, really (laughs) close. Um, And they had a really wonderful relationship. I didn't even know they were divorced for like ever. But anyway, um, Grandma Leith was just very, um, you know, come on in. Um, You know, she called me her skeeter bug. Again, they were really poor. My mom said that she took a workhorse, a plow horse to school. My mom did when she was little. Like there was like, no, that was their transportation. And she picked cotton in in summer um, for, for money. And I was like, that is borderline, you know, it's horrific in, in my mind, but, um, the grandma Letha just enjoyed every moment of, of life and loved to see us and small little house in Iowa. Um, I could just kind of hear crickets and locusts right now. Right. But she would greet us and she, you know, she'd have cookies and we'd make ice cream floats and she had rhubarb and, you know, she, but she was, she was tough in a different way in that she, um, she would do for herself. She didn't ask anybody to do anything really for her. She was really independent and, um, the kind of woman who would kind of like snot right out of her nose, like outside, you know, she'd, she'd have her, her dress on and, you know, instead of like getting a Kleenex, you just got to blow your nose. There, just, there, there you go. Nature, water the plant with, with, with your own, um, you know, your own snot. But um, she was just, I remember her playing the piano. I think there were church songs, you know, but she, um, there's just a lot of joy. I don't remember being like afraid and just, you know, really wanting to be at her house and um, just, just like a, just a sweet lady, you know, again, like she called me Skeeter bug, like what more, you know, how, how much better could it get than that? Um, I feel like she, this is a big setup though for like, well, and it's, it like, is, like, is it like, is it, is it like grandma Jekyll and grandma Hyde sort of not, thing? About not to really. And I don't okay. want it to sound okay. like that, but, okay. but they're very different. Okay. They, yeah. They, <laughs> they, they were, um, very different. One's not better than the other. They're just um, very different. You know, Grandma Letha was kind of like, all right, sit down. You want any more, you want any more food? And before you would say no, there's like this heaping pile of food. It was like, 
oh, oh okay. And it was always fresh stuff, but just like heavy stuff and, and, you know, beans and meat and potatoes and, you know, bacon. And it was just, she was just very, very loving that. Those are my, are my memories. Um, that, and she had a bit of a, what I thought was a, kind of a little bit of a Southern accent. Um, and they would, they would also speak Swedish um, and they would play cards and, um, at least that's my recollection. It's funny how as you get older, you know, if you talk to siblings, they're like, they didn't do that. <laughs> like, oh, I thought they did. So um, so we would stop at Grandma Letha's house on the way to Grandma Bonnie's house. And um, so Grandma Bonnie was was not was not Grandma Letha, and that's okay. Grandma Bonnie was who Grandma Bonnie was. Grew up, um, I think, with a lot of kids in her family. I mean, I don't know if it was like six, seven, eight. And I don't think they had a lot of means, but I think it was so strict. Um, Irish Catholic family, they made it, you know, Grandma Bonnie was raised, I believe, through the Great Depression. Um, she also, this is very telling, she lived to be 102. Her Jeez. her sister, yeah, yeah, her sister, um, not that it matters who happens to be a nun, um, is 109. So, did you ever ask them or did you, did, the, that famous question or that that you must ask question? Like, and, how'd you get like, so old? Yes. Um, did they have an answer to that? You know, I, I do remember asking my grandma, and I, I want to say she said it was, you know, good genes, which I do think yeah. there's there's some of that. But she was also someone who probably dealt with a lot of stress. You know, she, yeah. she, she really did deal with a lot of stress. I think there was some, you know, mental illness that was probably not completely talked about or, or you know, not diagnosed. Um, but she was, she boasted about, <laughs> um, and she was loving. I don't want to paint the, pic that, the picture that she wasn't loving. It was just her way of showing it was different. And that doesn't make her wrong. That makes her who she was. Right. Um, but she boasted about my grandfather, who was just a sweetheart, um, saying, yeah, your grandfather says I'm tougher than cat shit and twice as nasty. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Tougher? Let that sink in, folks. Tougher than cat shit. I don't First think of, of cat shit how, tough. How, how tough is cat shit? I don't know. I don't have but cats, it, but it sounds kind of squishy to me. I'm in, the, I'm, I'm in our basement right now. Cat shit's pretty tough because our house it smells is? like cat. Uh. Or is that cat pee? I don't know. But tougher than cat shit and twice as nasty. And this house still smells like cat we don't have it. So that's how tough cat okay. shit is. Okay. So that was kind of like her, her campaign. And you just, you know... Um, you kind of stayed out of her way at cocktail hour because I grew up in a family where if I, and it, this is a real thing. This isn't even mm -hmm. me being funny. Um, and I, I, for me, it falls across, you know, along the lines of Irish Catholic. It could also just be generational. I, I don't know, but at five o'clock it was cocktail time. And I'm not, I'm, I'm it not. It could be something that happens in a world pandemic to certain podcasters at five o'clock. All of a sudden, she needs to start drinking every single day, it seems. But yes, and, I hear and, you. And this right. was before the, right. the you yeah, know, the, right. the, this particular pandemic. And I don't think yeah, she was right, podcasting, right. but yeah, five, five o'clock. <laughs> right. And that's when you really had to watch out. Right. She, she, um, she was very strong with her words. She didn't hold back. Mm -hmm. um, I think she and cockroaches would be the only things to survive a nuclear war. You know, but again, another another case of a woman who didn't need to ask anybody for anything, or, or at least felt she didn't have to. Um, also, didn't think the you know didn't feel the world owed her anything. But she she would do what she had you know she would do what she had to do. But um, mm -hmm. come five o'clock, it's probably best for you to just not be seen. Mm -hmm. She never laid a hand on me. She never hurt mm -hmm. me. But I also mm -hmm. knew you just you shut up. Just shut mm -hmm. up and play with your cousins and have fun. And my cousin and I, my uh, grandmother um, raised my cousin for the better part of her life. And um, 
we would just, they were in Colorado Springs with almost like almost 40 acres of land. And so we would, we would play in a dollhouse and we would, you know, skip outside and climb the rocks. I mean, so it was really idyllic in, in that respect. Um, mm-hmm. But she, she was a tough one. You know, she was definitely tough. You know, that, that cat shit comment, um, <laughs> that really reminded me of like something that my grandma <clears throat> used to say, my mom used, now says, and I found my saying and myself saying, and it is also, again, going back to my theme of, you know, how un- unage appropriate uh, my grandma could be as much as I adore her and think it was hilarious and fine in retrospect. But her favorite thing to say to me when I wanted something like, you know, I wanted an ice cream or I wanted whatever she'd say, well, people in hell want ice water. Yes. And I was like, I grew up like not really thinking about how funny that is. That was just like something that I heard my whole life. And then one day I was like a teenager and I'm like, damn, that's harsh. And damn, that's funny. Like, I just like, and, and my mom says it now I say, you know, and, and sometimes I would forget, you know, being at a play group or whatever, I'd say it to my kid. And some people just don't get that at all or think that's appropriate at all. Right. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's a family expression. You know? <laughs> just, no, no worries. Yeah, right. So. You know, but I also think they're, I don't want to say pioneers, right? But I also think they were really strong. And I don't think I understood that at yeah. that time. I mean, like literally my grandma Letha, you know, as a, as a farm mom, right? Like yeah. if you know farmers, those are some of the toughest people. Totally badass. You you either get what it takes to be a farmer or you don't. And to to raise kids on a farm and you're, so you're farming and you're married and you're Mm -hmm. running the household and you're also out in the field. Like there was no crumpets and tea, you know, and grandma Bonnie, I mean, she probably, (laughs) and a lot of these women, they didn't know that they, they had a choice, not that they regret it. I'm not alluding to that, but did a lot of them did. A lot of them did. A lot of them were not happy. Yeah. Right. But did you know that, Hey, you don't have to, to get married. And so a lot of people got married and my grandparents got married. Your grandma Bonnie, um, they got married really early. And sometimes that's really, really difficult because now you're delving into, you're taking care of everybody else and you don't get to see some of the things that maybe you thought you'd get to see. So in that respect, I think they were really, really strong women, Mm -hmm. um, and should be applauded, I guess, you know, for, yes. for, for their, for their strength and maybe almost to weakness, you know, and then there's people like me like, I don't want to go outside. It's hot, you know? <laughs> um, really? <laughs> so anyway, but I don't want the universe to, to think I'm suggesting that you should be a grandma anytime soon because you like me have teenage boys and do uh, not geez, want to be don't jinx it, but don't you think it sounds fun? Being a I think there's a problem with what you wait, wait, did she, did you just say it does it sound? It sounds fun to be a grandma someday. Okay. So when I come over and I, I bring you the falafel, <laughs> I'm going to bring you a change jar. Okay. And the change jar is for your fourth coming grandkids <laughs> to count the money. I, I think it, it does. And maybe it's because we're also in the midst of raising teenagers. So maybe having a little person come over. Yeah. I, yeah. I got to work up to that. But no, I, I think, it, I think it does sound fun. And I think it'll mm-hmm. sound more fun when time is right yeah. on the other side of a pandemic and the social inequity that we're dealing with. But at some point, 20 years from now, maybe we're going to be having play groups together. Yeah. Granny right? play groups. Right. Exactly. Be fun. Little, little mini dandelions. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to move on and talk to our guests. Now we have Julie Ferris. Hi, Julie. Hi. Tell us a little bit about you. 
Well, I'm, I can tell you that I'm loving your grandma stories because I think we're all in the same age cohort. So that's definitely how I remember my grandma too, you know, very tough, very suck it up. (laughs) Let's go. I, that's definitely how I grew up as well. I'm from a small town in Northern Illinois called Savannah nestled on the river. And I went to school all over Illinois and Iowa and then landed back here in Milwaukee. Everybody is sort of odd when I say I chose Milwaukee. I was teaching at uh, University of Huntsville in Alabama. And my partner and I at the time wanted to get closer to home, which was Iowa. And we chose to come and move to Milwaukee you know, after hearing we'd never lived here before, we knew it was a great place for at that time, 30 something professionals. And, um, I remember talking to people and them saying, really, like you picked it. Like, of course I picked it. So now I I kind of fancy myself a Milwaukee evangelist. I I like to bring people to my side. So. Excellent. I approve of that message. (laughs) So did you have a grandma, a Nana, a Noni, a Mima? What'd you have? Yeah, she was just grandma, but I, I really only had one. Um, my mom and dad had my brother 14 years before me. Mm. And everyone asked if I was a surprise. I wasn't. They worked really hard to get me those 14 years. But as a result of some farming, hard-living Midwestern folk, my grandparents were, were gone by the time I was beyond a toddling baby. And so the only grandma I knew was Grandma Noreen. And she was perfect, like white, silver gray, coiffed hair, you know, and, and you know, the kind of hair did that you get once a week, right? Yeah. Um, and those perfect big 80s glasses. And she was just cookie cutter and had the apron that covers your whole self. So every time I saw her, um, she had her big apron on. We had a routine of Irish Catholic family of going to church, and then mom and I would stop by Grandma Noreen's to see her. In my town of like 3,000 people, we had one senior living um, apartment complex, and in town it was just known as the high rise. So Grandma Noreen lived at the high rise. If you said that to anybody, they all know, oh, I know exactly, Noreen Ferris. And she had five boys. She was my dad's mom. And so I always look back at the time, I didn't know this, but now as an adult with my own family, I look back and think about how my mom brought the kids to grandma's and it wasn't her mom. It was her mother-in-law, right? Which is, which is problematic. Those are tough relationships, you know? And so mom and I stopped by and, um, said hello, had a little breakfast with her or some orange juice or something checked in on the week on Sundays. And then and then left and would see her next Sunday. You know, I'm sure my parents called her or talked to her on the phone, but I only saw her once a week. So, and that was just our everyday, that was our routine. I remember everything about her apartment. She crocheted, everything in there was crocheted. It's just very stereotypical stuff. And one day I came with my mom and I was really, oh, I was probably, I don't know, fourth grade. And I was sour. Oh, I was salty. I had had a bad week at school because one of the little girls I went to school with had gotten a bra and all week long in every class stretched and curved and, oh, my, my bra hurts. Oh, can you see my bra through this shirt? And we, my friends and I had had enough of her and the boys (laughs) snapped it. And so I come home and say to my mom that this girl 
has a bra and why don't I? And my mom tries to mother me and give me reason and logic and explain it's not appropriate yet. And it's probably not appropriate for that girl. And don't worry about it. And here's some other things to make you happy. I wasn't having it. So we get to grandma's on Sunday and I'm, I'm, I'm still being a little shit. And grandma calls me on it right away. Cause again, they re- you reach a point in your life where, it, you know, people in hell want water, want ice water, you know, <laughs> grandma just calls it and she's just like, what's the matter with you? And my mom very patronizingly kind of, you know how you do that like little aside says to her, oh, this young girl at school had a bra and now Julie wants one, which just added insult to injury, you know, for my mom to just make it so diminutive and patronizing. And my grandma looked at my mom and looked at me and said, well, why? And I said, well, I just want to be like her. And my mom adds the next layer and says, well, the little girl's just kind of chubby. It's, she's not developed. It's just baby fat. My grandma continues to just dismiss my mom and then looks at me and says, well, why do you want to wear a bra anyway? None of those supermodels wear one. And I perk up and look at her and she says, Cindy Crawford doesn't wear a bra. And I was like, okay, then I don't need one. And, and my mom is so pissed because that's all it took. Like, you know, grandma could make me feel better, but she couldn't. And it's not even... I mean, it's her mother-in-law, right? And, right? and Grandma Noreen had five boys. She didn't even have to raise daughters. And I'm this punk living in my mother's house, being a problem every day. And Grandma just has to say Cindy Crawford, and it's, and it's done like magic. <laughs> and later in life, I always think of that story because it's my favorite memory. But how did my 70-some-year-old grandma know about Cindy Crawford? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> She had, she read Women's Day magazine. She had a tube TV. You know, she lived in a senior living complex. I don't know how she pulled that advice out, but it was spot on. And she, you know, just sort of patted me on the head and sent me on my way. Like, now you'll be fine. And of course, then my mom left salty. I felt great. My mom, <laughs> now my mom, yet again, you know, bested by my grandma, but, but that was, she was so stereotypical. It was perfect. And I think when you talked earlier about how they kind of, I don't know, you didn't say skip a generation, but how the relationship's so much better with grandma than with your mm-hmm. mom, because mm-hmm. there's that gap, there's that space of, of, mm-hmm. I can be young with this woman who's been through it all. And, and she's not got everyday control of me. She doesn't have to worry about me every minute. She can just help with these little moments mm-hmm. and, and be a hero and step aside, you know? So she did that a lot, but that was my favorite, favorite memories. Just this zinger out of nowhere for her. Damn Cindy Crawford. I know. Did she I read know. the National Enquirer? That was really popular with my grandparents too, like with the stacks of the Enquirers. That might've been how she knew Cindy Crawford. I don't know. It, it, it might've been. There, there are copies of that in the lounge. Yeah, there, right. it, it might've crossed her yeah, path. Yeah, right. And I think grandmas have time to figure some stuff out. When you're momming, yeah. when you're in the middle of motherhood, you're in the middle of everything from signing, you know, uh, papers that come home from school to trying to figure out homework and meal planning and what you want to talk to me about a bra? No. What what do you, no, go, that's just not in that moment might not feel important and it, it was truly important to you whereas grandma can really take time to kind of mm-hmm. figure some things out and be more sensitive. Not that your mother was insensitive, but just no. just grandma. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Grandmas are special indeed. Indeed. 
Well, how old were you when you got a bra? <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, if my memory serves, it was years afterwards and my grandma had already passed away. So she Aww. didn't even get to be a part of that moment. Oh, darn. Uh, and, and honestly, I think this girl I'm thinking of, her face, uh, she skipped a year then too of not needing it anymore. <laughs> she shot up instead of out oh, for, for yeah. a minute and, and solved the problem. So it was probably yeah. a, a couple more years before that happened, but yeah. I didn't get to tell grandma about it. Aww. I was all ready to go down this whole Judy Bloom route where we could start oh, all talking Judy about Bloom. like how we, when we got our first bras and I can't even actually remember offhand no. when I got mine, but I thought maybe you'd trigger a couple of uh, memories. Um, yeah, no, I think I was around... I, I was kind of a late bloomer in um, many ways, and I didn't even get my period till I was like 15 and a half. What? Wow. Yeah, I know. I, I, I was like, a, I thought there was really something wrong with me. And then I had infertility for, like, I, I think there was something hormonally off. I mean, obviously, because then I had the infertility for all those years. But it's like, I I really, I remember really, really wanting boobs. And yeah. Like, well, got them now. Come on, Molly. Come on, Molly. Show us. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Totally uh, different show, folks. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I remember you though, got it, you got it. <laughs> when I did get, finally got to wear a bra, my mom was the same like kind of patronizing way. We had gone to a family wedding and I had this great pink dress, I remember, and had like a little training bra on, but I slouched a lot so that mm-hmm. it, what, you couldn't see it. You know, because suddenly I didn't want that attention. Mm-hmm. And we're, this is probably two, three years later is all. But mm-hmm. And um, someone, all the cousins and people, oh, you look so pretty, nice for this wedding. And you're getting so tall. And of course, my mom always finger in the back. Well, if she'd only stand up straight, mm-hmm. she's wearing a little training bra. She doesn't want people to see. <laughs> so just like a double whammy from my right. mom on this right. front. But that's, I'm sure that's some of her baggage from somewhere. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Wow. Well, it's always fun to talk about grandmas and, and boobs and <laughs> in oh, wow. the same story. <laughs> you know, not necessarily your grandma's boobs, but you know, well, hey, my uh, friend John McGivern, uh, if you've ever seen any of his comedy, <laughs> he actually has some great stories about his grandma and her boobs. And uh, I kind of don't ever want to hear them again, but they were hilarious <laughs> the first time around. So, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> But thank you for sharing. And we just love hearing all these stories about grandmas. And we'd love to hear your stories about your grandma. And so please write into Facebook, uh, write on Instagram, share pictures, share memories of your grandma. We not are dance. Not her boobs. Or no, maybe, you know, That's maybe. We'll get, they'll probably get flagged, though, you know, get your on Facebook. permission. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. If your grandma is, you know, you should probably ask your grandma before you put her boobs on Instagram. <laughs> and if your grandma's Cindy Crawford, well, then, you know, she's probably. Lucky you. You probably have a great rack. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Maybe hers were fake. I really don't know. She's a very beautiful woman. But We'll have to know. have her on sometime and just say, you know, we want to talk to you about your boobs. I'm actually going to add her to the list right now of famous I, women we want to interview. Okay. Uh, please write under Cindy Lauper. Cindy Cro- Cindy Day. We could have Cindy Day. Cindy right? Cro- Cindy Lauper. Yes. The actress who played Cindy on the Brady Bunch. I can't remember her name. I have C- a cousin Cindy if we need to fill in. I mean, yeah, let's bring you know, her in. Like, Why not? Real right. women are best. We'll make her famous. Yeah. Okay. Cindy. We got it. The Cindy Show. I'm seriously writing that down right now. Um, anyway, 
I am so excited to talk to Jennifer Morales because she has a great grandma story too. Hi, Jennifer again. Hi, Molly. Hi, Julie and Hi. the other Julie. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, when you asked about interesting grandma stories, um, my mother's mother, who I called Grandma Audrey, um, was just the kind of person who really lived life really large and she was a real like working class southern illinoisan who came up to chicago to you know live a live a more exciting life um back in the 20s she had been married young to somebody from southern illinois um and my understanding is that he was pretty abusive and so she was eager to sort of you know leave town when they split up and so she came to Chicago. Um, we have these great photographs of her in like fur coats and big hats with her dear friend, Verna, who also came up from Southern Illinois. And, um, you know, just her makeup done and all this stuff. She was very glamorous back in the 20s and 30s. Um, and she apparently, um, after being married to this abusive white guy um, who she divorced, um, gave in to her um, interest in. Uh, a, a lovely Asian men who could cook. <laughs> that was her her type. Um, they also like my my grandfather, the person who she married next. Um, my grandpa Bernardino. He um, was a bodybuilder back before bodybuilding was really a thing. Um, he he came from the Philippines in the twenties um, and was just like for a Filipino man who was only like five, three, you know, super buff. <laughs> and my grandma was so into that. And she would, speaking of inappropriate things from grandmothers, one time I remember in high school, my friend Sarah and I came home and my grandma Audrey was visiting and we all had dinner together. Um, and my grandma started telling sex stories about my grandfather. I was like, Oh, wow. <laughs> Sarah was totally into it. Like I was a little introvert and Sarah was like my counterpart, you know, to balance me out the extrovert. And so she was like, oh, tell more, Grandma Audrey, tell more. And I was like, oh gosh, I'm going to die right here at this table. Um, yeah. So it, she, it's interesting too. So after my, she divorced my grandfather, um, she did get remarried one more time. So she was married a total of three times. Um, and she married another Asian man, um, a Japanese man um, who was kidnapped from Japan um, by some people who ran a circus in the U.S. And so he was a circus acrobat and was like in <laughs> Wild Bill Hickok's Wild West show and stuff playing in Indian because, you know, white folks can't tell any brown people apart. Oh, God. Right? Oh, my oh your God. Japanese grandfather will do, right? So, but I'm like, Grandma, how did you, like what is this? Like, and he also was a really good cook. So, you know, you have this, like, she loved these men who were much shorter than her, who were really very strong and could make a decent meal or an excellent meal. Um, and my grandma ended up by the end of her life, probably weighing like 400 pounds and she couldn't get out of a chair, um, by herself anymore. And one of the classic things I remember was going to see my grandma in Chicago in her second floor, second story flat. And like, you'd walk in and she'd be like, oh, hi, um, you want a donut? Mm. Which meant, <laughs> can 
can you get me a donut from the kitchen <laughs> and bring it to me? And if you want one for yourself, if there's any left, you could have one too. Um, and it was always that way. Like she would always offer you something, something to eat, something to drink, but it, you'd have to go get it for her, you know, <laughs> in the living room in her chair. Um, but she was still like a sharp dresser at the end of her life in her own way. She had this thing for polyester, but it was always like really loud polyester with matching costume jewelry. Yes. So yeah, she was, she was something else. Um, and I do believe that she's still here. She's been dead since 1988, maybe. Um, she, but I still feel like she is so tough and so persistent that she is still with us today. And the proof that I have that for that at the moment, my most recent proof is that my sister, um, one of my sisters really got into this DNA test genealogy and really wanted us to find all of our people. Um, and I would never have consented to do this because I, I hate the privacy invasion aspect of it, but to comfort my sister's curiosity, like just to soothe her because she was getting really worked up about some genealogical questions. Um, I, I said, fine, I'll spit in the tube, you know, whatever. So, so we got tested and we found out that Grandpa Bernardino is not our genetic grandfather. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And so this caused this huge rift in the family. Like there was a fourth is, short Asian some, man somewhere. Somebody else, somebody <laughs> else out there. Okay. We still don't know who it is. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. But like I said, grandma liked, liked life. She lived all the senses all the time. Um, so yeah. So um, we found this out and it's just been like horrible. Like my mom is in total denial. She will not mm. talk about it. She's like, my father is my father. We're not, you know, we're not even going to entertain this subject at all. Um, and you know, there's other various people on various teams, right. In the, in the family. Um, my, the other side of my family is Mexican Irish and, I generally, for Day of the Dead, I make an altar in my house and put my ancestors up there and, and the foods that they like. So Grandma Audrey gets those mini powdered donuts, you know, like Entman's <laughs> little powdered donuts or whatever. Um, and I make her a little dish with a series of powdered powder donuts. And the year that we found out that apparently she'd been stepping out on my grandfather, um, that year I put the donuts out on the table. I built the most elaborate ofrenda I've ever built for any day of the dead. Um, I had invited friends over to bring their the pictures of their ancestors and their favorite things and put them on the ofrenda. We had a big meal. We had tamales. It was amazing. Two o'clock in the morning, I wake up to this sound of just shattering. Like it sounded like a horse had plowed through the window, the front window of my living room. And the ofrenda had totally collapsed and everything on it was totally broken except for like the dish that had grandma's donuts in it. And I was like, okay, I get the message, Grandma Audrey. I am supposed to be on the denying the DNA test side of the debate. I get it. I mean, I had no illusions. I was like, she is in this room and she is thrown down very literally. <laughs> My favorite vase was in a, like a thousand pieces. It was just epic. Oh, and so I'm, two in the morning, I'm like mopping up 
water and vacuuming and thinking, <laughs> wow. do not cross Grandma Audrey, <laughs> even 20 years after she's died. <laughs> so there you go. Wow. Have you written that story down as a writer, which you are? Um, I have not. I have not yet written okay. it down. Um, I'm working on a story about my grandfather, my grandpa Bernardino, who was a Pullman porter. Oh, wow. Because again, white people can't tell one brown person from the other. So he joined the Black Pullman Porters Union and was called Boy and all this stuff. He worked the trains between Chicago and Canada. Um, he was gone like three or four days a week, which probably helped with grandma's extracurricular activities. <laughs> um, helped facilitate things a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry, grandma, I love you. You just, you know, you just got to accept, we just got to be in reality here. Um, but uh, yeah, so he had this whole experience of essentially being black as a Filipino person, working this very black job. Um, yeah, so I've started writing, thank you for saving me. I started <laughs> writing a story about speculating about what grandpa's experiences were like, riding that train and being considered black and not being black, but being a Filipino man. Um, and yeah. And so I figure when that comes out, we're going to have another, something else will crash here. <laughs> <laughs> An actual horse will bust through my living room window. Who knows? What's yeah. Happen. <laughs> you got to get yourself a hard hat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> so Jennifer, how can people find more of you and more of your work? Where, where should they go? Um, well, I have a website, Morales Writes. Dot com and um, I have written a book of short stories called Meet Me Halfway Milwaukee Stories which came out in 2015 um, and it's fiction it's available at your local bookseller um, <laughs> yeah those are two good places to look for me nice Julie would uh, you like if people wanted to do a little poking around to find out more about you where would they go um, out of my Working Girl Pride, you can find me at marytylermilwaukee.com. Um, okay, you know how awesome that is, right? I, like like you came up with that and you took the rest of the day off, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I threw my hat in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, marytylermilwaukee.com. And you'll find some short blog pieces there and some of my most recent stuff. Um, my most recent piece was at brevityblog.com. So that's up there. Um, and it, some short, short flash fiction things are most current. Ooh, I'm interested in flash fiction. I've just recently got interested in that. I'm, I did not know that. Be checking up myself. Thank you. <laughs> well, Julie, we've outdone ourselves again. This again. has been an amazing, amazing conversation. I love all of these stories. I love all of your grandmas and I love this how I love the truth that we as their granddaughters are able to share in a way that's respectful, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also very truthful in that, you know, we understand there was a lot of hardships. We understand they were human. We we see their beauty, we see their foibles, and they're our grandmas. We just love them for all of it. And it's just really wonderful to hear. And I want to hear more stories about other, I want I just want to hear stories about grandmas for the rest of the day. It's just bringing in all the grannies. Hilarious and heartwarming. You know what I wonder, and I know we're wrapping it up, but I would be so curious to know what our grandmothers would say today 
like mm-hmm. what they would say. And I think my grandmothers would both, because I think there was crossovers to how they, you know, um, uh, how they thought and what they would say. And I mean, on one hand, like get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think both of my grandmas, because this is how it was raised by my parents is they would simply say, this isn't about you. Um, right. Like this isn't yeah. just a, like, it doesn't, you know, with the social inequity, with the COVID, with just, you know, parenting, all of it, you know, this isn't about you. Like, don't make it, you know, like you're, you're special but not really that special right like there it goes it goes beyond you there are others involved here and um you know even in their in their tough way I think they would really say this isn't about you so I've really thought a lot about my grandparents and my own father who's passed and just in terms of what's everything that's going on now and how they feel and I I have a lot of hope that my grandparents we 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 would have had very different politics for sure. My grandparents as Italian immigrants wanted nothing more than just to be recognized as Americans. And so for them, that meant just a lot of very conservative values and things that we probably wouldn't agree on. And uh, uh, as Italians, they also uh, had some really uh, self-esteem issues with and not really being white or black, therefore being very racist at times towards people of color. Uh, but when I had a son who's uh, a person of color, uh, the amount they did get to know him, my grandmother and grandfather got to know him for a couple of years and the amount of love that they showed for him, I felt like, and the understanding that they had of things, I feel like it was the beginning of their changing. And I wish that I would have been able to see where that would have gone uh, because I, I felt like, you know, the old thing about old dogs and new tricks, it's not true. People can and do change. And I really do believe that. And there's, it's one thing that changes you, it's love. And I would have loved to have seen my, my grandparents in in 2020 and what they would have thought of all this. Uh, But, you know, again, we probably would have gotten in a lot of arguments because we're Italians, we're loud, we're argumentative, and I'm pretty sure they would have voted for Trump. So (laughs) love you guys anyway, though. just if we're going to close this real quickly, I would just love to hear the first and if you know middle name of your grandma and we're just going to say her name and just go right down the line with me, Julie, Julie and Jennifer. Uh, my grandmother's name was uh, Johanna Phyllis Brunetto. Letha Larson and Bonnie Davidson. My grandma was Noreen Kuhn Ferris. And I'm going to confess that I no longer remember what my grandmother's middle name is. Hmm. Well, there's your assignment. You call her Audrey Beatty. That was her maiden name. Okay. Beautiful. Well, here's to all of those ladies and to all of you ladies. Again, just cannot thank you enough for sharing your stories with us today. And for our listeners, we want to thank you as always for tuning in. We want to hear what you want us to talk about. Please make comments, dandelions of Facebook, on Facebook, Dandelions, a podcast for women on Facebook. We're also on Instagram under the same name. Uh, you can also email us at dandelions at onmilwaukee.com. Thank you to On Milwaukee for sponsoring this. Thank you for Go Get It Media for producing this. And uh, thank you to everyone who uh, likes to listen to, to things like this and, and hear stories and, and be uh, nurtured and inspired by them. So we'll... We'll catch you next time. Have a beautiful day.